Let the depths of my words serve their purpose. Let my cursive curse these stereotypes and expose these fallacies sought to taint our legacy. I remember when we were kings and my pages are the memoirs, every scar from rawhide whips to every black man, woman and child lynched. These stanzas are an attempt to let their voices be heard. Walk with me on pavements of poverty. Try eat and sleep for dinner four nights out the week. Or creep them Brooklyn streets to make ends meet. Then you can speak of our so-called bad decisions. Because when mom is crack addicted and dad is newly convicted, that child is in one hell of a predicament. So I spit this for that kid and his siblings. And this ink is intended to uplift. Spread this gift beyond the parameters of open mic venues and slams. I want to reach those jammed up on the Ave in pursuit to get cash by hook or crook. I want to look in their eyes and tell them that I don't sympathize. I empathize and I realize it's hard to live straight when you got to swerve to get by. Peace. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and lewd advances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, 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 family. Welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. And today, 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 I tell you, I chose this brother right here to be one of my first interviews because I look at him as the James Brown of poetry. The James Brown of poetry. Because, I mean, this brother right here, he worked so hard. He worked so hard and... Since I met him, I seen the growth that, you know, the growth is just amazing. This brother, I mean, he's an entrepreneur. He's a curator. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So I want to bring the brother into the into the studio and uh, we want to welcome this brother. Give him a nice, big spoken soul sessions. Welcome. We're going to welcome our brother. Malek Mir, also known as Distinguish. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on today's episode. Definitely appreciate it. I know we've been trying to set this thing up for a while, but I appreciate you for having patience. Most definite, my brother. Most definite. Most definite. Most definite. I mean, I'm so happy to have you here, man. I mean, like I said, like I met you, I met you back in, I believe it was 2008, maybe, or 2009. 
Yeah, that was a minute ago. I, I, only thing, only, only thing I could remember was this this skinny brother. I mean, this brother was yo. He was so skinny, but his energy was just off the chain. That's the first thing I noticed about you when I when I seen you perform. I was like, wow, this this brother right here is powerful. I mean, he's the he's the littlest one out of all the whole group. But your energy was so big, man. Just, I want I want you to tell us, man. Like, why poetry, man? Why poetry? All right, cool. So really quick, for the viewers who don't know what uh, Poetic Black is talking about, I used to be a part of a, a poetry dynamic called Untamed Talent. And I actually, I got on Untamed Talent around the time frame we're talking about. It was definitely somewhere, either the ending or maybe the beginning or the middle of 2010, for sure. Uh, I was 20 years old. But why poetry, right? So when I was 10 years old, basically, long story short, um, I tried to commit suicide on multiple occasions. I tried to throw myself down a flight of stairs. I tried to take my life with a pack of cough drops and also tried to take my life with a with a, uh, with a knife, uh, a kitchen knife. Not one of the butter knives, like the knives that you would cut me with. Um, and all attempts, you know, by the grace of God and ancestors were failed attempts. Uh, so, to, so to no avail, I was, you know, uh, not hurt, not scarred, not bruised. But it, it did leave a mental imprint on just how I thought about myself I used to go to school down the block from my house and I used to get picked on a lot as a kid and from uh journal writing in my fifth grade class uh my uh my fifth grade teacher took my book and saw all these things that I was writing about myself and she got very alarmed you know as a mm. white woman should <laughs> she got very alarmed yeah told, told the guidance counselor and the next thing I knew I was in uh guidance counseling uh, twice a week, and I also went to a uh, psychiatric uh, psychiatric center in Brooklyn. I was diagnosed. Uh, like they ran into not basically saying like, "Yo, like your son." Like they was telling my parents, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with your son um, that we found. They put me on a computer uh, for one hour, and I had to answer a hundred questions. Like I, I can't make this shit up. I don't know what they do these days, but when I remember going, they put me on a computer and answer a hundred questions about how I felt about myself. And it was like, he just needs to be focused more on the house. And the conversation can just start and end with how was your dad's school? And I say, good. And then that's it. It needs to be more so. As time progressed, those, you know, negative writings about myself through the help of counseling and also the center led into poetry. And, you know, from 10 on, you know, this kind of just how this thing went. Beautiful, man. I mean, it shows in your work too, man. It really does, man. I mean, the passion that you put into your art form, I've seen you perform, and it seemed like you bring a lot of theater into your performance. Yeah, yeah, I love I love the theater. When I was in, when I was in second grade, I did my first play. Shout out to my second grade teacher, Miss Miller. Shout out, Miss Miller. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Miss Miller. Uh, I was in a second grade play called uh, Man in the Mirror. Mm. It was, you know, it was basically the play was like I actually got the play here somewhere. Actually, I got I got a poster one day, <laughs> or, or if I could find it before the episode airs, I can send it. That would be that would be type five. But, that would. Um, yeah. Uh, so the play we we sang and we danced to Michael Jackson's "Man in the Mirror," and the play was basically about a man. I played Mr. Chen and my wife was Mr. Chen. And the play, you know, I forgot the, the theme of it, but basically from that play, I kind of got introduced to acting. And from then, you know, I've just been acting ever since. So we talking in second grade. I was, I think I was seven or eight years old. 
Definitely, definitely. So I see, man, like, so tell us a little bit about the Untamed, because you was with Untamed first. Like, you was one yeah. of the, the original members or the, yeah. the organizer of it. And But tell us a little bit about Untamed, because that's how I met you. I met you through Untamed. I seen you guys perform, and really, because I was just getting into spoken word at the time. However, when I seen you guys perform, I was like, damn, I like the way they organized and I and I love the energy and you really stood out to me. So tell me a little bit about Untamed. How did that get started? So uh I don't know how or or I don't remember originally how it started. I do know prior to me jumping on Untamed talent. I know the real and AF and uh if I'm not mistaken Miss Busybody. I think originally they were the original Untamed talent. And there was a few members as well. Um uh, that it came before me but when I got on Untamed Talent originally how I got there was The Real used to do an event at a church called the Truth Speakers Project and I used to go to the Truth Speakers Project every chance I could get you know mind I'm still in high school trying to sneak out the house go to these events and go and you know don't have no bread but I just got this energy I just want to perform so he used to do these events and I used to go to them and he also threw one at like a comedy club. Uh, I think uh, Frank's Lounge. I don't even think Frank's Lounge. Oh, I remember Frank's Lounge. No more. Yeah, yeah, right there on Fulton. I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. So I used to go to all. I used to. I just used to follow him and what he was doing, and he really inspired me to go harder to that. But his passion and what he does, I'm like, this dude really is real about his shit and the real. So mm -hmm. long story short, after one show that I went to, because I had been to several at this point. He commended me on always coming to the shows with brand new material. Mm. I love, I love pushing myself. I love the writing, and I love pushing, you know, how I was going to present this stuff. And one day he called me. You know, I, I must put my number on a contact sheet, and he called me. And he was like, "Hey, uh, thing was, you know, in this real, you know, found about thing talent. You know, I'm trying to build a poetry group, and I've been seeing you come to the shows. I really like the energy." How would you like to be down with Untamed Talent? And I'm not going to lie. Me saying yes over the phone was probably the equivalent of Drake saying yes to Young Money with Lil Wayne. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's how I felt at the time. I was like, like, like he think I got talent? Like, oh, so like, I'm like, oh, we about to take over. And we just doing mad shows. Um, going to this school, that school, this university, that university. Untamed Talent is the first group that I ever joined that I got a tattoo of. Mm. I got a tattoo that say Untamed, yeah. And at the time, I never believed in tattoos. Mm. I was like, I'm never going to get a tattoo on my body. I'm not going to do face my body. That guy. And I got a fucking tattoo. <laughs> so I got my tattoo May 9th, 2014. Mm. On my birthday when I was 24 years old. Uh, but yeah, um, and you know, from then, you know, it was me, 
Grill, it was all flowing, it was Empress Poetry, it was Mystic City, it was Essence, it was Crisis, it was email, it was so much of us, like, I felt like we wasn't stopped. Indeed. Like, that's how I felt, we was, we was unstoppable, you know, we had our affirmation that we did at the beginning and the end of every show, like, it was a, it was a journey, it was a roller coaster. I'm, I'm definitely forever indebted for, for, for the real, for picking me up and putting me a part of such a coaching environment of talented people, people that was much older than me. I was probably the youngest poet on Unsane, so I got a chance to learn and I can't see how like, they put together shows and see how they put together poems and see different types of styles of poetry. And all of this while in the midst of growing and, you know, eventually three years into Unsane, for two and a half years, I started to build my own brand called the Poetry Slam Series, and then that led into other things. Yeah, definitely, because yeah, we we are going to get into all that. We yeah, definitely yeah, going to get yeah, into all yeah. that. So Untamed Talent definitely opened the door. So uh, the real Untamed Talent, Mr. J. Stephen Williams, if you're watching this, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for you know seeing you know talent in me at a young time where I was very impressionable. Uh, there's a lot of other poets that was slowly also trying to pull me into what they was doing. You know, shout out to Rainmaker, shout out to Chan, mm. shout out to Ibrahim Sadiq, shout out to Christ, shout out to all the OG, shout out to, you know, Brother Earl, shout out to all the poets that, like, really helped me at the time, you know what I mean, build. Definitely, definitely, man. Like, all those poets you just mentioned, like, in New, in, yeah, in New York, you know, in New York, where we're, where we're at, you know, these are all names that, that, that we know they ring bells you know what i'm saying so we've been in that circuit and been doing this spoken word for so long it's like i mean these are the heavy hitters so definitely man like i remember e major because i was in a couple of slams because if you remember back then you know I me mean? i used to always see untamed showing up with the slams so i was a slam rat you know i was out Anything that I want to slam on anything, any any competition I want to be in. So I succeed that Untamed, every time I come in the door, Untamed is there, locked and loaded and ready. You know? So yeah, that was that was dope, man. But definitely, man. So another question I want to ask you, because like you got your hands in so many different things, man. You got a podcast. Uh yeah. talk about the podcast real quick. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, shout out to the big brother, the, the founder, the creator, the, the idea, the brains behind the, the madness that we call Dad Has to Both House, streaming on all platforms. Shout out to Amazon Music for picking us up last year. You know what time it is, man. Definitely. Uh, so Dad Has to Both House is a uh, podcast that was created by my brother, my best friend, XAB. Um, and uh short story while i was on untamed talent i met xab like in my second year of being on untamed talent so i met xab at 2012 in 2012 and we used to uh untamed perform at a, a spot on the corner of st mark's and bedford called brooklyn exposure exposure i remember it was also another home for just helping us cultivate our talent and try different things Brooklyn Exposure was also the home for the creative mind show that I used to do with uh, a, a young lady that I dated uh, back in uh, 2013 called The Motion Be Campbell. So uh, we, you know, cultivated this amazing platform. So we were we were at Brooklyn Exposure at both that show and Anyways, um, Dad's the both was created 
from the friendship and from the camaraderie that me and Xavier shared with each other. Um, when we met each other, we were, you know, doing our uh, uh, doing our thing. Um, XAB was experimenting with rap at the time. I was already both doing rapping, acting, and poetry. So I was doing all three, and we formed a, an amazing friendship. And from the March, around March, April that I met him in 2012, we instantly became cool, became friends. And then he had released a project that June called Lyric and Sound. And um, I was like, yo, this, like, this dude got something special right here. And I was so ashamed of myself. I tell people sometimes that... He had a release party and I couldn't go to it because I didn't have ten fucking dollars. Like, wow. But then again, you know, you're 20 years old, 21. You're not, you're not really, you know. What I mean? Sometimes you're just getting money, you're spending it recklessly. So, um, from that incident, we really, really became tight. I made sure the next my scene together. So he came to my first poetry slam that I did. And from the poetry slam that I did at the African Poetry Theater, another place that I'm forever indebted to. We really was like, yo, let's do a project called Glasses and Botox. And from then, the friendship built, built, built. And then in 2016, he went on a road trip with one of his good friends. And he was listening to Charlemagne the God's Brilliant Idiots podcast. And that's where the idea of dad hats and bow ties came from. So now we are four or five years into the future. We've interviewed some of your favorite celebrities, DJ Enough. We've interviewed uh, uh, Mike Coulter, who played uh, Luke Cage on Marvel's Luke Cage. We've interviewed the cast of Black Lightning. We've interviewed the cast of Power. We've interviewed the uh, the second Power Ranger. We've interviewed Kevin Sorbo, who played Hercules. We've interviewed a lot of people, but um, we, we, we've built uh, such a brand and such a following that um, I think this particular year, I feel like we're in a good space now. You know, we're getting looks from Amazon Music and things like that. So... We got some things in the works, so make sure you guys are following Dad Has Some Bowties on uh, Instagram and on all uh, social media platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Instagram, wherever you get your podcast. Definitely, definitely, man. I mean, yeah, man, you're doing it, brother. You're definitely doing it. Like, I want you to get into the slams, because I met you doing the slams, right? Now, you did something, because back in this time, when you started doing your slams, like, I noticed it was a lot of slams going on back then, but your slams was always different. You always, you always had some little catch, some little, some little, some little, little thing in your slam that made the poet really work if he wanted that prize. You know what I mean? And I want you to talk about that. Talk, talk about your slams and, and, and how that started. So, damn, like, the audience is about to get some jewels and gems because I'm about to give y'all the real on, like, how the whole slam thing came about. So, uh, damn, and this is about to be the first interview I actually say this. <laughs> Here we go. So, 20, I mean, 2008, 2009, this is pre-untamed, but about to be untamed. I was invited to audition for the New York Knicks Poetry Slam at the Madison Square Garden. So I went to the audition, I think I was 18, 19, and I was selected as one of uh, the people that would, would be able to eventually be in the running to one day slam at the garden. Um, so what ended up happening was I was in a workshop with several other talented poets, dancers, actors at the time. And my instructor, his name is Fishdog. Shout out to Fishdog. 
Fish Dog was probably the hardest instructor I've ever had in terms of poetry, in terms of writing. He told me in front of all the 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 the, uh, the poets in the room, you're the worst poet I ever heard. You're the worst poet I ever seen perform. He really hurt my feelings, but he really did put that motherfucking pen. This dog really hurt my fucking right eye. I get flashback. Um, so from the workshop that we did with Fish Dog at York College, because the, the, it, it was it was it was being sponsored, and Fish was our instructor for like three weeks. So we would go there right after school and he's drilling us on writing and concepts and, you know, performing and, you know, diction and dichotomy and, you know, all these, you know, beautiful poetry words that we use. And I went to the slam at New Eureka. It was my first slam and it was my first slam at the New Eureka Poets Cafe. And Fish taught me how to write a I am poem. So I wrote an I am poem. So that was the preliminary round and I didn't end up getting picked. And, you know, I mean, I was, you know, obviously like any poet at the time, you know, I was heard. I was like, damn, like maybe I'm not good enough. So as the years went on from 2009 to 2012, I used to deliberately go to slam and see how people are slamming, like learn how people are doing what they're doing, how they put their stuff together. But at the same time, I used to go in the back and take notes on how the judges are judging, mm. how the audience is together, on how the poets are standing. And literally from 2009, Poetic, to 2012, I said, one day I'm going to do my own slam, and I'm going to make sure it's different from everybody else. And from then, so it, it came from like a prideful place. It came from like an ego, because my ego was rude, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, but I'm not the only one that's hurt. I'm not the only one that's I'm going to do this. Now we got to, I'm going to do this for the culture. At the time, it was like, Indeed. I'm going to do this for the poet. Indeed. And in doing that, around that same time, I was already doing a show called the Poetry Talk Show. But a while I was in Untamed Talent, and then the Poetry Talk Show turned into the Poetry Slam Show. Mm. And then as I, and as I started to build the slams, I, I think around maybe the third or the fourth slam, I changed it from the Poetry Slam talk show to officially Slam a Zone. Mm. And then that's when, you know, I started to brand it a little bit. I started to add some, you got to do this certain thing in this round if you want to get this much. Because I, I, I always wanted to put together I always thought me I always thought I did the best slams in terms of I gave away the most money I always thought I did the best slams because I was trying to push poets pen I always thought I did the most slams because it was just was packed mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like everybody just like you know an organization slam it's like how because I had untamed talent back with me so I had the OG and then I also had this young people presence that was like yo like who's this dude giving away this and then I was switching up the venue so I was then all over New York City because I love my city to death. So that's kind of like how it started. And yeah, man, uh, I don't know what slam you entered first, but I do know by the time you came on, I was already in like my fourth or fifth slam. So I, I had already had experience. Definitely, because I remember when I got the call, because that slam, I, I'm not going to lie, because I've entered a lot of slams. I've done a lot yeah. of slams. So I know the disappointment. I know the triumphs, you know, because... The slam world is really it's, it's crazy because it's not always the best poem that wins. No, 
you know, it's not always the best poem that wins. And, and when you're getting into slamming, a lot of people come in thinking, oh, I got the best poem I'm going to win. And that right. is not the case. And I'd be yeah. like, wow. So when I first went, when I, when I actually first entered your slam, I remember the slam I entered. Okay. I, I remember that slam. And I entered the slam I won. But when I got the call from you, you hit me up. And I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. When, you. when you hit me with the email, I was like, I already knew it was something extra that had to be done with the slam. You say you're doing a, you're doing a, a, a champions only slam. So all these individuals okay, okay. was was champions already. So right, right, it was right. going to be different. But when I read the fine print and I went in and I read what you what you wanted us to do, right. I was like, wow, man. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to commit to this. This is going to be a lot. You know, it's going to be a lot. But then I thought about it. I said, nah, you know what? I'm going to do this. It's going to push my pen. And definitely that slam right there. I always look at that slam. That slam pushed my pen to the limit. It was that one. The, that champion, the Knights champ, the champion slam. Oh, my God, man. The stuff that I went. You don't know how many poems I wrote. Trash and like write one and like nah I can't do that one I got I got to switch it up I got to do this I got to do that so it was a lot that went into yeah. that but definitely add, yeah to add some context before we get off of it so the night of champions this about to blow everybody mind the night of champions wasn't even really my idea the night of champions <laughs> was the idea of a great mentor. Amazing poet and beautiful soul, Chance. Mm. Chance, uh, I was talking to Chance one day, and we were talking about all the slams that I did, all the slams that I was thinking about in the future. But I was like, I want to take a break. I want to. I want to end on a. I want to end on a high note. I know I'm giving away twenty five hundred dollars, but I want to end on a. What do I do to really diverse? And this was before I reached out to poet. I was just thinking about it. He was like, bring back all of your poets that ever won and name the Slam Night of Champions. I was like, that's genius. He said, and that is how you leave the the, the, the legacy that you've been building intact for your brand distinguished. And also, at the time, he also knew, if I'm keeping it 100, you know, this might be telling myself a little bit, he knew at the time. I was already feeling like it's time for me to leave Untamed Town. Mm. Um, I didn't know when or how, but around the time when I was building Night of Champions. So I like to build my slam between four to six months apart. So that's why they're always spread out. So it gives me enough time to uh, get the money up, but it also gives me enough time to get the ideas. What, what didn't I do in the last slam in terms of contractual agreements for the artists that I need to do? How much money I'm going to charge them? What's going to be the incentive? Am I going to let them sell tickets? Am I not? You know, what am I going to do for the venue? How much is the venue? So all these things I thought about as I got, because Chance, Chance literally taught me, honestly, how to put together a show. I'm, 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 I'm upset that I waited until Night of Champions to really get some insight on how to, you know, how do you go to a venue? How do you negotiate? He literally talked to me, sat me down. He gave me a, a free game course on how to do it. So I know when I really blow and make these meals, I know I owe that man a couple of times. Night of Champions, I mean, all of my slams, I look at all my slams like mini booklets of my poetry. And not even poetry that I'm doing, poetry that I'm bringing together to create a moment in time that'll, 
you know, last forever. You know, I went from giving away $300 to $2,500. To me, that's not just growth. That's vision and that's crazy, crazy, crazy ambition. Definitely, definitely. Because, you know, a lot of times poetry and spoken word, really poetry. I'm going to use poetry as an example because spoken word is something totally different. Spoken word is, is like, it's totally different. So it's like people expect poets to just give their craft away for free. You know, every say everybody's like, when, even clowns get paid. Because look, everybody get paid. Comedians, they get paid. That's a form of spoken word. When a comedian get up there, do his set, he gets paid. But everybody expects, it's like a pre-expectation that if you're a poet, you're supposed to give this art away for free. And a lot of times poetry suffer. And that's why I, I really love when we had the the Def Jam, the the uh the Def Jam yeah, um the, um yeah, poetry. The Russell Simmons. The Russell like, Simmons. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was a good look for us. And it was a time where people start to see that spoken word is actually an art, something that you can really get into and it's very man, profitable. You gotta pay for it. Yeah, pay for it. It, it, it ain't it ain't free. It ain't free. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that's what I always appreciated also, because that was one of my goals to bring poetry, spoken word to the forefront, bring it to the forefront. Whereas we're benefiting, we're eating, we're feeding our families. We're, you know what I'm saying? We building legacies and careers off our spoken word. But, you know, a lot of people expect it to be done free. So I want you to tell the audience, I want you to tell my audience, like, what is it like? If a person wanted to just get into spoken word, a person have a passion for it and they want to make it make money for them. What what suggestion or what advice would you give? What what advice would you give them? That's a that's a really good question. Um, uh, I guess the easiest, the most prone to answer would be learn your audience. But I think the real the the the, the real gag is learn and figure out exactly what you want to write and then after you figure out and learn what you want to write and how you want to write it play with the words that you're writing and the ideas as much as possible create a sound not a brand first create a sound on how you want it to sound and then you go from there see how it picks up you know maybe go to like maybe one two or three open mics test out different audiences with like the same poetry or maybe switch it up a little bit. And then from there, I would say, if you're actually really trying to make money off of it, maybe your first year you go and you do everybody's show, whether you're getting paid or not, you do everybody joint, go to every, that's what I was going to everybody's joint. But you're gonna get to a point, poet, that's listening, that wants to make money off of it. You're gonna slowly realize, I don't have to go to everybody joint. I don't have to show my face at everybody open mic. Mm. Not because I think I'm better than the because I've gotten to a level within my art, within my craft, within myself, within my sound, within my brand that I no longer need that space because it does nothing for me or my brand. It's not me being cocky, it's me now choosing. I did this for two years, I did this for three years. It's a job. All right, I'm done working at this job. I'm done working this gig, it's time to move on. And once you figure that part out, I would say one of the things that I wish I would have done uh, differently, I would have, I would have put out a book of poetry separately from the anthology that I was a part of uh, in in the time of being with Untamed Talent. 
I would have put out my own book and tried to push that heavy. So I'm actually in the process. Like, I got the gears grinding. Like, I cool. I, I'm going to slowly reinvent myself and put a book out, but there's going to be something else behind it. But that's another conversation for another day. But definitely poets put together a chat book or put together a book of poetry. Try to uh, enter or be entered in slams that you know, even if you feel like you're not going to win the slam, try to be a part of slams that you can at least get some clean footage from. Um, I would say this day and age, because of social media and how you know all of the technological advancements are at our disposal, learn how to edit your videos, learn how to probably shoot your videos, and if you can't, get somebody to do it for you, and really brand yourself. Use YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all these other platforms as your stage, as your virtual stage, and hit everybody from all sides of the coin. You know what I mean? Do and try to associate yourself with poets that are moving in the same direction as you and shit it, it wouldn't hurt being a part of a team i mean huh, look how distinguished turned out right definitely those are just some of the ideas that i would definitely throw out for the poets that's trying to get this money and then if you get to a point and you realize you've mastered getting money in those areas put together a slant and come, come to me for the master class <laughs> come to me for the master class <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what's what was this network? Okay, so in short, this network is actually from my moniker, from my alias, Distinguished. So it, it's really in like in my head, it's Distinguished Network, but outwardly it's Dis Network. So Dis Network is an event branding, originally started out as an event branding management company where we were managing artists and we were also producing shows. The way that it's been conceptualized uh, for the past for going going into five years as of November 15th. We put together events, but the events that we put together, we brand them. For example, one of the events that people are, you know, very well known with is Slam is Only. That's the, the event that we do Slam. Mm -hmm. The other popular thing that we do in this network is Bars in the Barbershop, which is my baby. So uh, we have Slam is Only, where we bring poets, we bring, you know, actors, and we put some put them in a slam and you know whoever wins they get money and then we also give management referrals whether we're managing you or we help you in some capacity with your career bars in a barbershop is a hip-hop showcase that we do inside of barbershops all over new york city as well as the united kingdom and also atlanta georgia as of 2019 um within this network as well we have an event called expo for entrepreneurs where we do an event where we highlight um entrepreneurs in our city in various parts of the world and they come to a big expo when they speak on various issues that can help their communities um and it's, it's, it's very community driven i also have my community talk show tea time with distinguished that i actually shoot in my parents living room where we interview um artists and entrepreneurs who are doing positive community work so this network is basically a hub of shows and brands that we have and they they all do their own thing while under this one umbrella which is this network so shout out to my uh 
uh, Secretary of Affairs, Kamar Asphalt, and also shout out to my uh, Director of Operations, Miss Sin City. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay, now, we gonna get into these, to this, to this piece you gonna spit for us, man. Like, okay. we wanna, we wanna, like, we, our audience, this audience wanna hear you and give them a taste of what it is you do, because you 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 wear a lot of business hats nowadays. You know what yeah, I mean? Nowadays, you, you, you're an yeah, executive, yeah. so so you, you I don't know how long it's been since you've been in the slam world or you've been on the stage. You know what I mean? But I, mean, I know you've been wearing your exec time, hats. The, the the last time I was on a stage was actually March seventh. I actually went to Atlanta for a slam for a thousand dollars, and I actually ended up in second place. I almost. I almost, I almost oh. won that shit. All right. <laughs> um, and sorry, the the last time I performed, uh, like you know, just a regular performance was, um, was it? It was in, it was in April actually. Shout out to my man Dizzy Brown. It was in April. It was actually four twenty. Four twenty was the last time I actually performed. Um, so I'm actually gonna perform that piece that I did. Um, it's one of my favorite pieces. It's called Miss Instagram, and I'm just gonna spit the third verse. So let me let me let me let me set it up for you. Let me give you the your introduction. I coming to the stage. I want y'all to give a big, very big spoken soul sessions welcome for our brother, distinguished. She was hot and tight. You know, we love the strip club. Ass so fat, heard her clap and saw a dove. Skin like a Nestle bar. Her hair like Brillo. Too bad we really love you on pillows. And this a fact. If we know you do good, we do anything just to make you no good. You know, we slut you out. We call you out your name. We say you're smart, but then we dumb your brain. We put an inbox up in your inbox just to get inboxed. Girl, stop giving us tissue. He's giving you head the same head you gave him. So why would you think child support is the issue? I mean, you gyrated just to boost an image, and then you ass pump it, then you die in clinics. South Africa, Great Britain, but if you're on Instagram, mass is still hitting it, hitting it. Look, why we always violate the good girls? Let me make a trap chain loyal. Knowing damn well when we Iraq, we ain't just going in for oil. See, Sarah Bartman was a circus, and every animal had a free fill. You know, sort of reminds me of the strip club. I saw a dare president get a tip drill. But that's the piece right there. Dope, 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 dope. That's what I'm talking about, bro. I I didn't hear you spitting so long, man. Like, you know, see if you wear your exec hat, you be doing a lot of a CEO activities and things. You know what I mean? But my brother, you still got it. Definitely still got it. But yeah, man, what what inspired that piece, man? Because I know that's not the whole piece. You said that was just a third. No, no it's not. No, yeah, no, definitely, no, man. No. But that's that's powerful, though. But but give us give us a little insight about that piece. So, Miss Instagram is is, is actually an oldie. Miss Instagram was written in 2014, um, and Miss Instagram was just one day. I was just on Instagram, and I was, you know, what I mean, you know, like you know, uh a male who's attracted to, to women was scrolling down a whole bunch of timelines, looking at women's bodies, looking at asses. And, you know, I didn't care if it was Photoshop or not. I'm like, this shit. And then 
And then there was another part of me that was like, this is like low key, not like healthy. Like, like this is like, I'm literally on Instagram looking at a whole bunch of women, you know, with big asses and just, you know, uh, you know, looking voluptuous, you know, beautiful, but I'm on it and I'm lust, like I'm lusting after them in a way where it's, it's making me feel like maybe one day I could actually have sex with these women. And, you know, it's fucked up to say, you know, at the time I was in a relationship, but you know, I mean, I, I just got to keep it a hundred. Um, got to keep it a hundred on an interview. So I'm like, I need to like really address this. And at the time as well, I used to buy a whole bunch of DVDs on like knowledge itself and, you know, things dealing with black people and, you know, the Holocaust and, you know, the, the, the slave trade and, you know, uncle Tom's cabin, all that type of stuff. And I have a DVD called Hot and Hot um, Venus. Mm. And as I'm watching this DVD, I'm learning about this woman who was taken from her homeland in South Africa. Indeed. Called Sarah Bartman. Mm. And from doing the knowledge on Sarah Bartman, Hot and Hot Venus, and learning what they did to her, Indeed. and learning how she died from, you know, a STD and learning how she was a circus clown and, and, and learning and, and learning how, you know, you know, her, you know, because of how big her buttocks was, you know, that actually made people that was creating dresses for white women that made them have that extenuating to make their asses look bigger in dresses. Indeed. So, you know, the, the way the, the way that they played this sister and, 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 and the things that they told that they would do for her and the way that they mishandled her, raped her, um, I was I was very taken aback, and I wanted to use what I learned from her story, and then apply it to Instagram. Like, you know, Master is still controlling the keys and controlling how you can have a certain filter, and if you do a certain angle, we can, you know, make it look like this. And how a lot of women or a lot of people use Instagram in a way that is very seductive and very um, voluptuous. And how this woman, Sarah Bartman, paid the price for looking the way she did. And I was like, I want to really write about it. So um, I wrote a whole song about it called Miss Instagram. The, 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 the first two verses are, you know, very just fun. You know, it's just me rapping, saying a whole bunch of, you know, bars. And then the third verse, I actually get deep. So I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing you into why I even created the song. Because that part of the verse that I spit, that verse is really like 48 bars. Cause I, I get deep into the DVD I saw and what they did to her, and I get deep into how Instagram was sold to Facebook and you know how the prop. So I get real, real crazy with it. Um, but yeah, that that's really where it was inspired from. So R.I.P. to uh, Sarah Bartman. You know, it's unfortunate to, to, to what they did to her. Very, very, very unfortunate. And a lot of people don't know that history, and that's very deep because uh, when you look at a lot of the old westerns. You can see what yeah. you was talking about in their attire. You see how the yeah. dresses are made, and they had yeah. the the brim around it to make yeah, it the come brim out. Around the dress right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that what that, and that's exactly what that was about, you know. And it's, it is crazy because we look at our culture. It's funny that everybody benefit from our culture. Everybody, everybody eat off our culture except us. Like we get the pennies, right. we get the scraps, and it's our culture. 
when you really look at right. it. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, they convince us, and that's and that and going back into the situ, the situation you was talking about with the mental health and things of that yeah. nature. This this is what causes a lot of the distress in a lot of our youth because we have an identity crisis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We we don't know we don't know that everybody's looking at us for guidance. They love what we do, what we emanate, but we hate ourselves. Why is that? You know why is that? But that's deep, man. That's a deep poem, man. Definitely, man. Tell the people where they can go find that. They can find that on any, on Amazon or anything or man, SoundCloud. I mean, you could you could just probably go to the because I only spit a part. Of, I actually never. Uh, I never fully released the entire song, so I actually got to work on that. So you can't find the whole entire song mm. together. But I don't know if it's still going to happen. It's funny that we're talking about it. I am planning on shooting a music video for Miss Instagram. Hopefully oh. this year. You know, if it happens, dope. So, you know, That's stay dope. tuned. I'll definitely keep you posted. But, uh, no, you can only find a snippet of what I just spit. You can find that on Instagram right now. Uh, well, we know. got we got it right here on Spoken Soul Sessions. We got yeah, that whole yeah, third yeah. verse. We got that whole... Too, definitely, know? definitely, man. We appreciate yeah. you, my brother. We definitely appreciate you. You know, I mean... You know, I, I wanted my first interview because I got a I got a list, a long list of a lot of yeah, yeah, influential yeah. poets. But right. really, your drive is unmatched. You know, mm. your dedication. You know, and I've seen you grow so much, looking from the outside. You know, what I'm saying because we've right. been in the same circuit, we've been we've been in the same slams. We didn't you know I me mean? yeah, travel yeah. to different places to go to slam. Yeah. So you know, what I mean, we definitely journeymen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I seen you, brother, and you always kept you always kept it diligent. Always sharp as a tack, but always diligent, man. And you wouldn't let no one deter you from your goals, man. And I salute you, my brother. Definitely you had to be my first interview. The James Brown of poetry. Ain't nobody working harder than this brother, man. I mean, I need y'all to really go out there and Go listen to that podcast. What's that? Dad hats and bow ties. Yeah, dad hats and bow ties. Yeah, so dad it's definitely funny. I want to oh, tell. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you're gonna listen to it. The conversations you be hearing on this podcast is crazy. <laughs> but the, my brothers get into it, man. I mean, definitely go check that out, man. I want to thank you so much, my brother, for coming in and blessing spoken soul sessions. You, this like the. This is like the. Uh, you know, the blessing moment, right? This is the first episode. Right. Know what I'm saying? It's going yeah, down in history. Yeah. Know what I mean? So you, you know what I mean? I reached out to you first to get on this, yeah. man. I really appreciate you, my right. brother, man. Thank you, you for held coming it through. down, too, because you was low-key. I'm not going to say chasing, but you was low-key just making sure I didn't forget. And I was telling you, like, yo, I'm traveling. And I really was traveling. I mean, I'm still I'm still traveling. I got a few other updates coming up. But I, I appreciate you for just holding it down and, and just waiting and just still communicating with me after the fact the interview was supposed to happen like two months ago definitely so, my brother I, I i appreciate you man real talk definitely my brother man I, I appreciate you coming through man and uh definitely man tell the people one more time where they can come find you at what you got going on man go ahead brother so really it's on quick, you big shout out to uh my teammate i did uh, uh, start a brand new poetry group called The Very Bad Poets about two months ago. Get ready. Um, the Very Bad Poets is, is, some, is, is something very special to me. So big shout out to uh, Tiny. Uh, she is my uh, teammate. Um, Tiny Creations. She's amazing. Uh, AKA Yvette D. Santana. Phenomenal young lady. 23 years young. Super fire. Super 
flame. Mm. Um, so I'm excited for her and her growth and her trajectory. And I hope everything that was able to be done to foster and help me get to the point that I'm at, I hope that I can do everything in my power and more to help her get to where she needs to be at. Um, so, you know, we got we got a whole bunch of shows coming up very soon. So be on the lookout for The Very Bad Poets. Also follow us on Instagram at The Very Bad Poets. Um, what's coming up? Uh, me and XAB are trying to uh, wrap up a few things with a project that I talked about earlier. So be on the lookout for that. You know, something's coming soon from that. Uh, obviously, follow everything Dad has in both ties on Instagram and all streaming platforms. Uh, for those who are trying to follow me at Distinguish the God, D I S T I N G U I S H T H E G O D on Instagram. Malek Distinguished Mayor on Facebook. M E L E C H Distinguished M E I R on Facebook. Um, I don't really use uh, Twitter that much, but if you are a Twitter person, Don Dada Baby, D O N D O T A B A B Y. Um, yeah, follow my uh, company's page, Dis Network Inc. D I S N E T W O R K I N C underscore. Um, on the gram and yeah that's pretty much it uh there's definitely a lot more things in store but i can't give it all away (laughs) definitely definitely but i appreciate you my brother for coming through man blessing the blessing the house for us man and uh man we wish you the best in all your endeavors man you definitely come back come through man come spit some that new hot fire you got you know what i'm saying you come back anytime you want man come back brother and uh anything you got going on man shoot it to me man and i can just i can plug it on the podcast man definitely man you know what i'm saying it's all love my brother Uh, there's a uh stay tuned there's a um there's a poetry Oh, the slam coming. Okay. <laughs> Definitely, my brother. All right, man. All right, my brother. I appreciate you for coming through, man. Blessing us, man. And uh, yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Distinguished, I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, man. No doubt. Peace, gang. Peace.